the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Good Saturday morning and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. We're talking savings investments in your retirement, as always. Our philosophy and our motto is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. And the show started out, uh, probably twelve uh, years, eleven, twelve years ago. And and what, one of the we really, I started writing the, the Max Out Savings Report uh, actually back in two thousand and one. Uh, we 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 started writing. So we've been writing a long time, and and. Uh, then in in 2005, I really started the savings rate back. It's interesting how we came up with max out savings report. It wasn't called originally the max out savings report. The it was back in in 2005. I was we had the start kind of really when things really got bad with the savings crisis. If you look back in the in in the 60s and the 70s. Really, the savings rate was between ten and twelve percent, <laughs> pretty much the whole whole entire time, uh, ten to ten to twelve percent. And then in the eighties, uh, mid eighties, it started dropping down to about seven percent through through the mid nineties, and then it started dropping. And starting in two thousand, it went down to about three percent. And then in two thousand and five, uh, it, it got back. It got back down to. As low as one point nine percent, late two thousand five, and and that's when we realized that we had a savings crisis in the United States, and we came up with the Max Out Savings Show to encourage more people to save money, uh, and that's when we came up with save ten percent plus the company match gets you about thirteen percent. Most of the numbers out there, it really uh, the retirement planning numbers comes in about a thirteen thirteen point five percent savings rate, regardless of your of your earnings. That savings rate will will get you where you need to be because people tend to spend where their earnings are, and so if you're making fifty thousand dollars, if you save ten percent, it's actually better there because you've got Social Security, so you're even better off. Uh, that really high income earners are really have a tougher time because really they have to actually save more money because they don't have they have the Social Security, but the Social Security uh, bumps them up at a bigger percentage at the lower rate. And and so 10 percent plus the company match around 13, 13 and a half percent is where you need to be. And then we, that's when we started to came up with the max out savings show to try to help people save money and build up wealth. And uh 
since then, it, it, the, the savings rate went up as high as back in October. We had above 2012. We had an 11 uh, percent savings rate, or November, October, really late, late 2012. We had seven, eight, ten, twelve percent savings rates. 2000, 2015, we had a six percent savings rate. And, and but but it since dropped. It's down. November of 2017, we're back down to 2.9 percent savings rate, which is a big drop. Uh, this this is the the personal savings rate uh, put together by the St. Louis Federal Reserve, and 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 so here we are back not saving money again. What a surprise! I, I think I, I think for I think it's for a, a number of reasons. Uh, really, uh, the. People are starting to become a little optimistic, so they're spending more money. There's a lot more debt going into the system. We've talked about it on the show. The debt levels have really skyrocketed uh, in uh, in the last couple years uh, due to the artificially low uh, interest rates put forth by the Federal Reserve. It kind of the dampening of volatility, and, and so people become more confident. They're spending more money, and the savings rate is is dropping again. Unfortunately. Uh, uh, things are really starting to look up for the American people. Uh, Donald Trump is in place. We've got deregulation, which is such a big game changer out there. It's. It, it, I don't think people really understand how much regulation is, is put in place. Uh, I, I was driving in. Uh, I happened to be listening to one of the, 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 uh, uh, the show. I think it was on Fox Business, and Maria Bartiromo was talking about coding in a, in a, in a university that does coding and and some of my kids do software uh, coding, and and one of the things, it was the hottest sector for the stock market this year was technology. Huge moves in technology across the board. You know, what's the common denominator in in technology, in coding, in software, and, and things like that? Is really lack of regulation. It's one of the areas that the government doesn't really understand, can't get involved in. If you're a coding and right or coding, which is just a a, a, a fancy name or a short name for uh, writing software. If you're a software developer, you're a coder. They don't have any regulation. The government can't tell them what to do. They're not monitored. They're not. And so they can do what they want. And there's tremendous innovation, tremendous uh, movement forward. It, 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 and really, it, it, on the edge in the future where the government is, is where, where the where the really things happen. And, and, and once the government gets involved, it slows down. Uh, you look at the the after after nine uh, after two thousand and eight we had the the fin- after the financial crisis they lowered the boom on uh, on the financial sector put in huge uh, Fr- Dodd and Frank rules in place well small small banks had a terrible time uh, you, you know we we would sit there and, and listen to small time bankers they couldn't operate they were spending a fortune on on uh, rules and regulations and it was very difficult for them to. To, to, to work and and I, I would sit up there I would, I would talk to the some of the congressmen in the financial services committee and they're like look we're trying to get something done they couldn't get anything done we got the president in there Donald Trump and it's been exceptionally difficult to roll back these regulations in the past one of the mo- most active era biggest job creators out there was small banks they were all wiped out uh, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, they're really good friends with a a a, 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 a CEO of a guy had brought his company public and and you know he said the worst mistake I ever made uh, was bringing the company public. We have the Wilshire Five Thousand out there, uh, and uh, it, there's like thirty seven hundred stocks or something like that in it. That there's less and less companies going public. That that's result of the 
of the uh it wasn't Frank and Dot, it was the uh uh well anyway, I forget the actual uh rule that was put in place for that. After after Enron and another, the other ones, they, they, they put in all these rules and regulations in place for public companies, and the CEOs had to sign off on everything. And it sounded really good, but what's happened is is nobody wants to come public now. So many of these companies are, are becoming venture are funding up through venture capital. They're not coming public. They don't want to come public. They don't want to deal with the rules and regulations, and so. All of these things come into into play out there, and in, 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 in it's becoming a problem, and we have to recognize it because the future is in the deregulated area. And uh, in, in how this get, gets back to savings is is that the more complicated things get, the more expensive they get. We just were writing the getting the health insurance now. It's astonishing. I told listeners, I think, uh, last uh, about two weeks ago, I, I looked at signing up for Obamacare just to see, and it was – it was unbelievable. It was $30,000 a year were the estimated cost on Obamacare for us, for my family, and, and it didn't even include the best, in my opinion, the best hospitals in the city. So it was $30,000 a year, and we couldn't even get into to good hospitals. It, how, how do people spend $30,000 a year and then have a house note for health care and have a house note and have any type of standard of living at all? And, and this this is the world we live in. And what again, it goes back to the same thing, how hard it is to get rid of regulation. Look how hard it is to change up Obamacare. We finally, in, in the tax bill, they were able to eliminate the mandate to buy Obamacare. They've not been able to accomplish anything on Obamacare at all. And yet the average middle-class family is paying Thirty thousand dollars a year for health care. It's thirty, maybe twenty-five, thirty thousand. It was thirty thousand for us, and it's extraordinary how, how this stuff gets in place, and you can't change it. It just becomes. It, no matter how bad it is, no matter how horrific, every single solitary January for the last four years since Obamacare has been come in place. Come February, there's been a shock in the economic numbers. Why did the economy collapse or fall, not collapse, but why did the numbers suddenly fail in January? And the answer was really simple. Every single one of those four years, people got hit with the shock of Obamacare cost. You know, Obamacare has actually been really good for lower income people. But what what's happened because they get subsidized, but the middle class is being asked to pay for something. And you can't continually come to the working people in the, in the middle class in this country and ask them to give more and more and more for everything. It, 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 it's time to, that you were giving some back. And we're starting to see that, by the way. I don't know if we, we got the tax bill ca- uh, came out this week. And we, there, there's a lot of positive things. A couple of them is, is they increased the standard deduction from, uh, from 12700 for a married couple to $24,000, which means less people have to itemize. Also, they, they've put it, they've increased the, the child care tax credit to $2,000 from $1,000. Ryan will appreciate that. And, and so, but we're starting to see. Interestingly, after the tax bill was signed, we saw a couple companies come out and announce increased hiring and bonuses. One of them was AT&T. One of them was Wells Fargo. Why did those companies do it? It's real simple. They're both under government investigation, and they figure, hey, why don't we play ball? We'll give, we, we're getting a big tax cut. It's going to help us out tremendously. We're going to announce a special bonus for our employees. Donald Trump will like that. Well, you know, we should all be cheering that. That's what we should be seeing with this, this tax cut. 
why that is really important, why I want you to understand is, is because these corporations are under huge pressure to start raising wages. They're getting a big tax cut. And as quickly, and, and by the way, it wasn't just AT&T in, in Wells Fargo. There was a number of companies out there that, that announced uh, in, uh, bonuses and different types of things. And some of them are going to wait till, it, uh, till the start of the next year to do some of this stuff. But obviously, behind the scenes, the administration has been talking to the CEOs. And one of the things that's being said is, is hey, look, we're giving you this big tax break. We want to see something good come out of it. If it's just going to be stock buyback programs and dividend increases and nothing goes to, to the to your workers, nothing goes into new plant and equipment, No, nothing comes into R&D, we don't see new factories in the United States, those tax rates eventually or something could go up and they're going to start going after some of these companies. And I, I, I'm just... I'm just in, interpolating what I'm hearing, but I'm I suspect it's something along those lines. And, that, and that's a fair statement. Is look, if if we're going to give you the platform to put to to put product to build things in the United States to to, to not be pay high to pay some of the most reasonable taxes, you went from the highest tax rate in the developed world, second highest in the developed world, to one of the lower ones. Now we want to see you putting your money where your mouth is. You've been telling us for years you can't build anything in the United States because of the taxes and everything. We're, we, we've put this in place. We're putting the rules and regulations in place. We want to see some action. So I think it's going to be interesting. And one of the things I, we're going to predict for 2018 is the tax thing is not bill is not going to be as positive for corporate earnings as people think because a lot some of that money is going to go into plant equipment some of it's going to go into 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 raises for for the employees we have we have very low unemployment in the united states we've had a long time where people haven't gotten raises it's going to be very difficult for corporations to be getting huge tax breaks and not giving their employees raises so this is very exciting things are really starting to move very positively for for the united states for the working people in this country uh and you know we see uh, we can see it with this low tax rate of one, uh, the low savings rate of 1.9% for November of 2017, how much pressure people really are. That's so when, when people aren't saving money, that means they're under pressure with with spending and, and, and cost. And so this this shows the need for need for the for the raises. The low unemployment of 4.9% or uh, unemployment shows also the 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 need to hire workers and they can't get workers. And I think, so you're going to see one of the bigger themes is you're going to see inflation starting to creep into the system for 2018. Tell you what, we're going to be writing about some of this. We're going to be writing about our outlook for 2018. That's going to be coming out in a week or so in our Max Out Savings Report. Uh, so we got a lot of stuff going to be happening in the next couple of shows and in the Max Out Savings Report. If you're not on that free Max Out Savings Report list, sign up for it. It's a free report. We don't bother. We don't call. We don't sell the list. It's all proprietary. And uh, we put a lot of great things to help you save money and build up wealth over the long term in the Max Out Savings Report. So if you haven't signed up, sign up for the report. We write it so we can help you out. And if you have a question or comment, this is a live show here in Houston, Texas. You can always call us up at 713. 713- If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. 
Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. AM 1070. Take a moment right now and rate your lifestyle on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is a life of quiet desperation that doesn't resemble what you were promised after getting that college degree and corporate job. Now a 10 is a life that exceeds your wildest expectations of the life they promised you for doing all the right things and working hard. If you answered anything less than 10, stop what you're doing and go to MyPassiveIncomeWorkshop.com. Passive income is not a secret, but chances are no one has ever shared it with you until now. Learn how to generate passive streams of income at our free workshop, MyPassiveIncomeWorkshop.com. Downtime with your family. You can live at That's a good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. The Max Out Saving Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. We're talking savings, investments, and your retirement. If you have any questions or comments, you can give me a call at 713-339-1070 here on the Max Out Saving Show. One thing, I actually said 4.9. It's actually 4.1% unemployment rate uh, on that. And, and it just shows you how much, you know, how much we're really looking at when it comes to those, the, 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 uh, the, 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 how tight employment is out there. And this is why I think we're going to see really, we're going to see a, a number of a lot more wage push in here. And, and I think this could be the start of of inflation out there. And this is something we want to watch closely and see how it's going to play out. Uh, and so this is something we will be watching. Uh, you know, one, one of the things speaking of, in, of, of inflation is the, uh, is, is if you look at the, uh, the, the price of oil, oil has really done quite well here recently. It's up close to 60, 60 something dollars a barrel right now. And, uh, I think this it's starting to break out. And what interestingly is we had a good year in the market, really uh, better than we expected. I, I think it's a very expensive market. It's extremely expensive and rates are starting to go up and things are starting to change. But really, one of the things we're seeing here is is that the worst sector, interestingly enough, was, was the oil and gas, the energy sector. And uh, it was actually down on the year. And and we're starting to see oil prices creep up. And, and hopefully, 
this is going to give us better better uh, performance over time. I'm really, I, I think we're really starting to see some type of breakout in in the in the sector. Uh, in right now, we're at, at sixty dollars and forty two cents. It really, it really was about the breakout level on this on this was really about fifty six dollars. It broke out pretty solidly above that. I, I think it's a couple things. I think it's got to do with the Middle East. Uh, I, I think it also has to do with uh, just a, a generally pick up an economy around the globe. And, and so $60 oil is pretty positive for Houston, Texas. It's positive for the oil and gas sector. And, and really what we're looking at here is, is, is I think it's the oil and gas sector is one sector that has lagged. Uh, again, very good market this year overall. Uh, but oil and gas was really one of the worst performing sectors of the whole group. And uh, even though oil was up, I mean, interestingly enough, oil was up. But it's just that this is two things, a couple things. One of them is it's been a bad year for oil and gas. But the price during a lot of the year we got it got close to $50. They were having trouble making money. The other thing is. A lot of institutions have have convinced themselves that we'll no longer need oil and gas in a couple of years, and somehow uh, electricity, electrical cars are going to be flying all over the place, and uh, we'll have no need for oil and gas. Now, this is likely to change, particularly up in the Northeast, uh, since they are basically freezing up there. Too bad, so sad. Uh, you know, I think they're now starting to appreciate oil and gas a little bit more now that the temperature is zero outside. So you could see. I, I'm not making this up. You have you, you have a lot of these pension funds are, are are coming up thinking that we need to eliminate oil and gas because it, it's it's we will no longer need it in the future. But it looks like it's going to be a cold winter. As I drove, interestingly, as I drove in today, we had. Uh, I saw two convoys of de-icing uh, going down the freeway, and uh, you know where they had the de-icing trucks. Uh, with looks like they were spraying. They had the liquid they were going to spray on the bridges. They had the, the trucks with the lights flashing to get you to move. They even had DPS behind each one of the convoys to make sure uh, they were taking it pretty seriously. I was surprised. This, they, they, these convoys were eight, six, eight trucks in in place, and. Uh, you know they were not messing around with the, with the uh the the cold for, the cold coming into Houston which was have a very cold new year's day new year's uh eve and also uh the second and, and so uh this is positive for oil and gas uh particularly a lot heating oil is one of the they, they use a lot of heating oil in the northeast so i i think i think you're going to see look commodities in general just did not do well this year agricultural commodities were down uh, pretty much across the board. Uh, I, I think this is going to be one of the themes next year is going to be agriculture, uh, uh, is, is going to be commodities, is going to start picking up. If demand is picking up, that's bullish on a global basis, that's bullish for commodities. Uh, if inflation picks up, that's bullish for commodities. Uh, and that's one of the things, one of the themes that we're working on is going to be commodities for next year. Uh, the uh, the really agriculture was actually down this year, and and so it's been really interesting to see see what's happening. Uh, I think I think this is we're going to see a big change next year. It was all technology. It was all Fang, uh, Facebook, Apple, Netflix. Uh, in in the rest of of the crew, and I, I think that's going to change next year. Tell, uh, can we take a let's take a call one two, Ryan. 
Welcome to the Max Out Saving Show. You had a question for us. Yeah, Ted. Happy New Year's for you. Can you hear me all yes, right? Yes, Happy New Year. Hey, I got a question for you. Uh-huh. To me, we're seeing a flattening in the yield curve, which to me is a signal that there's troubles ahead. And my question is, what's the lead time from the time you really notice a trend in the flattening to the time you see something really effective, I mean, meaningful, take place with the stock market? Yeah, I, I tell you what, it typically has been, it's it's like nine months to a year. Oh, okay. But, I mean, keep in mind, it's been going on for a while. And what makes this one difficult is the, the yield curve is it's flattening at a very low rate. In the past, what we've seen is the flattening of the yield curve has happened about 4% in that area, 35 to 4.5%, the longer bonds, and so you got your flattening of the yield curve in there. And so that was your flattening. In this case, the flattening of the yield curve looks like it's going to be happening around 2%, and and and, and, and that's a pretty low number, and, and I'm not... Uh, completely convinced that's enough to spook the to spook down spending and 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 and, and, and to put it, this is i mean i think this is this is really goes down to the heart of the 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 problem the federal reserve is sort of i think the real question they have in the back of their minds is hey it's one thing if if we wanted to slow the economy down we kick up the short term rates and slow it down at 4 4 and a half percent people go uh oh rates are going up and you know this is starting to crunch our costs it's another thing if rates go from on the short end from say 1 and 1 and a quarter to 2% I, i'm not sure that spooks any you know I, I i don't really i'm not real sure that that does anything and i'm not sure that they're sure either and so this is something we want to watch we've got a very expensive market rates are clearly going up and uh the more important thing i think could be the fact that that they're cutting back on the bond purchases uh at the same time we're going to need more money and that that's something we want to watch and, and we're, the fed is shrinking their balance sheet now and and that is more likely the way they're going to try to do this to get more aggressive is going to be on the balance sheet side. I think I, I think this has been going on for a while. The market is pretty long in the tooth. This is one of the longest stock market or, or economic uh, cycles. I think it's the second longest in history right now. And really, this is this is what uh, we're dealing with. And, and so I think any time in here, uh, you you could start having problems. Probably starting the first week of January, more likely the second or third week in January into at the absolute latest uh, October, you're going to have a problem in this market, a big problem. And I, I, I really, I, I think, I think the powers to be want the stock market down big in October because that's coming into the election and, and they want, and the Democrats want to get the, the, uh, the house and the Senate back. And, and so they're going to want the market to do badly. Yeah, the thing, to me, we're in a more or less excessive uh, optimism right now, and I keep referring back to what Joe Kennedy said, when everybody in the barbershop knows what's going on in the market, that's the time to sell, and uh, I'm just fearful someday we could wake up a thousand points down and the the market would just panic. Look, yeah, look, I think this is the problem you're running into. This is, I think... That's what's going to happen. I, I think 
What you're likely to see happen, we've had the lowest VIX in history, which is volatility, which means vol- and everyone is conditioned to buy the dip. But they're all watching. All these big guys out there are all trying to figure out when this thing's going to run. They're going to hit the button at the same time, and there's going to be an air pocket. I think the the volume in this market is a mile wide and an inch deep, and that's the real danger you see. And this is why you've got to be so caught. This thing is not going to give you a chance to get out. Likely it's going to go down some. Bounce up, woo, that was close, no problem. Everyone's going to pile in, and the next one it's going to be down huge. And, and that that's what you're dealing with in this market. And I think I don't think the volatility – there's well over 50% of the money is pouring into, into ETFs, and these guys are all trend followers. The minute that trend turns down, they're all going to hit the sell gate at once. There's not going to be any buyers in there left. And, and then you're going to get a huge air pocket underneath this market. And that's what makes this market so dangerous. And this is why you've got to be out of it ahead of time, in my opinion. Right. I, I think it's going to, I think one of the, 2018 is going to be a year of exceptional volatility, in my opinion. Well, I, I, I agree with you. Now, the VIX running right around 10, 11 right now, is that excessive or I'm not? No, that's the lowest in history. It's the what? It's the lowest in history for for an average. Okay, so what would it, on an average market, what would be a healthy level for it? Uh, An average is 15. You get spikes to 25, 30, 40 almost every year. Not 40, 25, 30, 35, almost every single year. And, uh, but, but. But the this one, you get these short spikes, and they last a day or two, and they go down. What one of the things to watch in the VIX, you want to know when this market's going to start coming apart is, is you're going to get a spike up in the VIX, and then it's going to drop, and and, and it'll drop back down, and then, and then it oh oh that would people think oh that's okay it'll be that second spike, the second spike once it goes through if it say if it runs up to fifteen sixteen goes down for a few days, and then explodes up above the 15 level, breaks whatever, maybe it's 14 level, breaks above the VIX and the other, that's when you better watch out because then the VIX guys are all going to have to start covering and they're going to realize they made a mistake. And then the people that wrote that, and then that's going to put additional pressure on the market. Keep in mind, in 1987, it was the portfolio insurance. This time it's going to be the VIX. It's going to be the guys writing the VIX. And then it's going to be compounded by people. Once you start going under the 50-day the key number to watch is the 50-day on the on the hundred on the uh, moving averages on the S and P in the in the averages in the Nasdaq. Those two in particular, it's going to be 50. Boom, uh, break under 50, go above the 50, go break under the hundred, uh, go above the hundred, and then look out. That's that, and that, but but that's what you're going to see, and it, and it's going to be very sharp, and there's going to be nobody there. Thank you very much for everything you do for us every weekend. Okay. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to you and happy new year. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Same to you. Uh, let's take a call from Jerry. How are we doing time? Oh, yeah, we got some time. Hey, Jerry, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, Ted. A great show. Uh, question on inflation and then uh, uh, where do we go to invest? I appreciate the commodities. Uh, are you still buying gold? Uh, and what should we be thinking? I mean, if the market's going down, typically you go into the market, but if the market's going to go down, where do you go? Uh, I, I, I tell the sectors I think are going to be uh, precious. I think the precious metal sector is pretty beaten up. It's lagging. The minute cryptocurrencies trip, they're all going to come piling back into gold and silver. If we get inflation, we're going to see gold and silver go up. I like that sector. Uh, two-year treasuries I think are interesting here. 
Uh, I think oil in energy is going to do well next year. Uh, I think the dollar, I look, one of the big trends, and it's a little counterintuitive after what I was just bullish on gold and in, in, in oil, but I, I think you're going to see, uh, uh, based on the tax bill, with the reparation of the money, I think it's going to create demand for the dollar. Now, keep in mind, 2017 was one of the worst years in years for the dollar. It's been down. We We moved into the dollar a month or so back because it sold off so much. We're still in it. Uh, I think 2018 is going to be very positive for the dollar. There's going to be a big demand for dollars as companies try to shift more and more of the money into the United States, and it's going to put pressure on the on the European and Japanese banking systems, and that's something we want to watch as well. So th- those are some of the big trends we're looking at, uh, uh, the stronger dollar, inflation, precious metals, short-term treasuries. Uh, those are the sectors that, that look good in energy. Okay, great. Eddie. Do you still use Monex as your uh, when you buy your physical gold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, they've is, been pretty good. They've been pretty good. How, do you have a contact there, or how, how does? Uh, can I email you for the contact? Yes. Call? I, I go there. It's just I don't want to just get a salesman, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me an drop me an email at ted t e d at maxoutsavings dot com. We'll get you someone to talk to. Okay. Thank you, Ted. Great show. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Uh, they, and uh, tell you what, we're coming up here in a quick break. If you got any other questions or comments, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070. Uh, it, really, a lot of things happening, but I think one of the big trends next year, also the other one, is going to be volatility. I think volatility is going to come back. Uh, this market has been very unusual. We've only seen a market like this a few times in history, and I don't think it can stay that way because there's just too many things changing underneath it. Tell you what, we'll be right back after this right here on the Max Out Savings Show. The Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. 
And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512New Media, 512newmedia.com. We return now to the Max Out Savings Show. Here's Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. That was Hayes Carl. We'll be doing a lot of driving this holidays. Uh, hopefully not over New Year's Eve. It's pretty bad out there on those roads. Uh, if you got any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070. That's 713-339-1070. That, good year for the market. Uh, uh, the top one was technology, really the, 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 the Facebook, Apples, Netflix, Amazon, Googles. Uh, really did phenomenally well. I think they're going to be under a lot of pressure next year uh, due, due to a lot of things. Uh, I think you're going to see more regulation there. Uh, th- there's a lot of money piled into that sector, probably much more than it should be. Uh, not a good year for energy, as we've been talking about. But we got oil at $60, so we don't have a lot to complain. And uh, natural gas was close to $3. It, there's just, look, there's so much natural gas in the Marcellus uh, the Utica uh, out in uh, West Texas in different places with fracking. It, it's going to be tough for natural gas to go up. I, uh, but but I do think, uh, you know, I, I think over the long term, energy is going to be, I disagree with these people that, that feel like energy is going away and everyone's going to be driving electric cars. Electric cars are great <laughs> up until the time a hurricane, uh, a, uh, you know, a tornado a uh you know there's just a a flood hits and you have no electricity for 3 or 4 days and you know we've all been in those things and 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 all of a sudden you have no electricity and you have no way to get around and so uh electricity is maybe good for a second car but i think the demand for energy is going and keep in mind oil is the bedrock of the whole entire plant and natural gas is the plastics business and chemicals business out there we're going to continue to need need those and and, and and so uh, that's probably where you're going to see some opportunities. Tell you, well, let's take a call from Charles to 713-339-1070. Hello, Charles. Oh, good morning. Uh, Ted, I was just curious to know in your line of work for retirees, what on average would you say is the uh, income that a retiree thinks he needs during retirement on an annual basis? You know, I, I tell you what, I think it's about, for most people, what I'm seeing, it's about 75% of their salary, 75 to 80%. Well, 
well, in a dollar figure, would you say at least a hundred thousand, or would you say less than that? Uh, you know, there's two groups of people. There's there, we have a, a lot of people that need at least a hundred thousand. We get we have a, a number of people that that they just need about seventy thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And and now the, the, uh, the, there's two camps. One of the those people they have their house paid off. It's not a terribly expensive home, uh, and uh, you know that everything is paid off in cash, and, and they're just kind of living along. And, 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 and let me preface at the seventy thousand level, that tends to be every once in a while they're going to need a little more they can pull out. So uh, they maybe need an extra five thousand or ten thousand once every three years or so. But those people, and then the other ones, particularly if their houses or everything isn't paid off, or they're in more expensive homes where they have higher taxes, uh, real estate taxes and stuff, then it gets closer to a hundred thousand dollars. Well, yeah, and and because uh, I was looking at the uh, the the new tax law, and I'm looking at the current uh, tax rates as they currently are in force for 2017, and then I'm looking at the ones for. The new tax plan that's starting in 2018. Yeah. And if you look at a, a someone that would say their earnings would be a hundred thousand. Now, let's just say, for example, they're currently working, and they're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, or hundred hundred to hundred and fifty, let's say. So right now, that would put them on the on the current year on the current uh, rate. The current marginal rate would be roughly 28 percent, but when you look at the the new tax plan that would drop to 24%. So in essence a person that's that would be working starting at the next year and let's say he has to retire in 5 years or whatever uh he would be paying 24 but these rates these marginal rates are supposed to sunset in 2025 I believe or something. So depending on whether the Democrats are in power or the Republicans are in power the question then becomes, are these going to be renewed or, or made permanent? Because if not, then a person who would be earning 100 to 150 currently working and then has plans to retire in five years, currently he's paying a 20, he's in a 24% marginal tax bracket. But then when, when this thing sunsets, he reverts back to the old plan, he would now find himself in a 28% bracket. And, of course, now he's not working. So now he's on a fixed income. And so the only way to lower that 28 is literally to take less income. And I don't know if people are going to be in a position to take less income to get down to the next bracket, which would be 25, which is still higher than what is what it is now. Yeah, that, that that's a good – look, Charles, I don't think that's going to happen because I think it's going to be really difficult to raise taxes on the people between, say, 70 and 100 – let's say 140,000, because 150 sounds like a lot, but 140,000 – even get 150. The, and the, here's the reason why is because those people are really taking the brunt of it. They're having to pay full boat for insurance for everything else out there, and and they their standard of living is really under pressure. That group right there is probably under more pressure than anyone else out there because they tend to have a higher spending level, in, in the and in, in they tend to they don't tend not to get they, their their Obama or their health care subsidized in these other things. And so I I I think. 
that group is under tremendous pressure. And so I don't see it happening. I th- I think if, if in 24, I think where they're going to go after, or, or 2020, where they're going to go after the higher income people, those guys are going to be in the crosshairs. Well, that may be. I hope I hope you're right, because I guess the thing of it is, is that, uh, it, you know, for anyone that would be in a certain lifestyle that's that's planning for retirement, it seems as if those people are just constantly in the crosshairs because they may be in the, you know, they're not in the very top bracket of, I guess it's 30, it would be 39%, but the two brackets below, the 33, 35, if they're in any one of those brackets based on, on, I mean, when they go to retire, then it's going to get kicked back up again. And and so, in essence, I mean, they're, they're never getting out from under those crosshairs, so to no, speak. No, that, that's Even just under- it. I, t- I think the guys above that are really in trouble because I think that's where it's getting harder and harder with these lower interest rates. You need a huge chunk of money to get $200,000 a year income at 4%. You're looking at, at you know, you're you're looking at, at about $8 million or something in and and it's uh it's it's a huge amount of money and and so uh you know that that's uh that that number's a little high i'm not right on that number but but uh that that's that's where those guys and so it's going to be imperative going forward to have as much stuff paid off as possible at retirement because it's getting harder and harder to generate income at these ultra low interest rates particularly for the wealthier people and I, I think I think the middle class is really taking the brunt of everything in the last ten years. The next ten years, it's going to be the wealthier people. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. do you do you find most of the retirees wanting to downsize, or do you find them just staying put, or do you see because if they have to purchase a new home or they want to purchase a new home, then they might as well go back to work because I mean, you know, yeah, I, tell you, I don't. What I tell you, what we see surprisingly. We see most people come to us, they have their house paid off or close to it, and, and they have everything paid off, and they don't take out as much as – I'm always surprised how little they take out of their plans. You know, they, 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 they take it as they need it, uh, but, but they also – the numbers I've seen say you need 80 to 90 percent of your, uh, of your pre-retirement income to live off of. That's not what we're seeing from our retirees. Uh-huh. Now, now, once in a while, we'll get a phone call. Hey, we're taking a trip, or we have a medical expense, or we've got a car issue, or something. We need. Could you send some more out of the IRA? But they tend to take out. But they tend to reduce their expenses. They tend to have everything paid off, and then you can live even at a higher end. You can live more frugally than people think. Yeah, because I, I guess I was just wondering if some people, if they're in a in a planned community, and all of a sudden, you know, it's it's one thing when you're paying the HOA expenses and all of that while you're working, but once you're going out to the mailbox, so to speak, with the, the proverbial Social Security check and then whatever rental income or interest income, it's a whole different matter. And then I've I've heard some people say, well. I don't intend really to stay here. I'm going to go move to a, a a lower tax area or something. But then that puts them in the market for a new home, or you know, and then now all of a sudden now it's a whole different thing. And they, half the so, half the time, Charles, they moved back to Houston. Uh huh. <laughs> That's what we oh. find. It's been surprised that what's surprising to me is is people tend to stay here and then and instead they'll take trips to visit places. Because mm-hmm. okay, it's well, so, so it's so inexpensive to live here compared to say in New York, someplace like that. It's that, just really expensive, and the taxes are really high. Right, right. It's hard to beat the taxes in Houston. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's an interesting take. I appreciate your input. Thanks, Charles. So right, let's take a quick call here from Pam or Ann. Ann, hey, hello, Ann. Yes. 
How are you, Ted? Great. I have a quick quick question. I know we're running out of time. Um, I want to know what you think about the deep presence that we have here in Texas of Saudi Arabia. There seems to be no one else that's having any concern about it. But back during the Barack Obama administration, there was a lot of negotiations with the State Department in these foreign countries. And, of course, now, to make a long story short, Royal Dutch Shell sold the refinery in Port Arthur that has the largest in the United States. It has 24 terminals. Yes. They sold that to Saudi Arabia. Then Chevron is in half with Saudi Arabia on another refinery here. And then, to top that off, 2017, Exxon in Saudi Arabia entered into building the plastics plants there in Corpus. So we've got a lot of presence here with our, you know, oil, which is the lifeline of the United States, with Saudi Arabia, that is a Muslim country that could turn on us in the blink of an eye. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, I think, yeah, and no, I I think, no, they've, they've bought into the shell stuff. And look, here's how I view the situation. This is the best place in the world to put produce chemicals in refine because there's a lot of oil, cheap oil and gas. The we've got really good friendly environment to refiners and chemical plants, and that's where people want to be. So I view that as a positive. Uh, look, Texas of all places has one of the strongest Christian traditions of anybody out there, and so I'm not real concerned if the Saudis come in here. Uh, the, the, the the Christian roots in Texas are, are deep and stronger than anywhere in the country. You, you go to almost anywhere, uh, the churches here are, are twice as big per, per, per denomination as almost anywhere else in the country in Texas. And so I'm not that concerned about it. But it is, I mean, it's something we want to watch. But generally, the Saudis have been somewhat favorable to us. I completely disagree with their Muslim religion. But if they want to invest here, that's that's okay. Well, they don't allow us as the United States to go over there and buy into their country. Well, I think they're starting to, and and their pressure needs to be put on them. And you know, I, I think I think if we did more of that, you know, what I'm saying, and even went to Mexico and did a China, lot. China, same thing there. with China. I think we're going to have to start putting some pressure on these people. It's got to be a well, two way street. I think China's China's real nervous because we are the ones that buy more from them than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they've had a free ride for twenty years from us. We've been remarkably generous to the Chinese. It's time they they start returning some of the generosity. Same with the Saudis. Well, I think we've got to fight though with this tax situation, and they're wanting to make all kind of inroads and to try to to keep their uh, these businesses over there. I'm saying so we're going to have a fight, but I'm I'm expecting kind of maybe Japan might jump in on that too, and possibly Germany might too. Yeah, well, it is. It's good. Look, trade is going to be one of the big topics in 2008. It's not going to be an easy picture. The Chinese are really worried. But thanks a lot for the call. I've got to wrap up the show, Ann. Thank Uh, you. I want. couple things. We've got our Max Out Savings Report coming out with our outlook for 2018. That's always a hugely popular newsletter. We've got thousands of people on the list. We write this to help you build up wealth uh, and get through retirement. It's called the Max Out Savings Report. It's a free report. 
Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, maxoutsavings.com, and sign up for the free report. If you need help with your retirement, if you're coming up in retirement, have an IRA rollover you need managed, we can help you using our value investing approach to the stock and bond market. We do a lot We're very. We do a lot of risk analysis to try to navigate through very tough uh, financial times. If you need some help, go to our website. You can sign up for an appointment with me and request an appointment, and I'll sit down with you, and we'll go over your financial situation. I'd like to help you out. Uh, just go to the website and at a minimum sign up for that free report. Now, uh, coming up in the end of the show, I hope uh, everyone has a great weekend and a happy new year. And uh, remember our philosophy and our motto at the Max Out Savings Show is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. Hope everyone has a great New Year's Eve. Be careful. We'll see you next next year on the Max Out Savings Show. This has been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka on AM 1070. The answer. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.